Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Yep, yep, city, yep, yep. You already know what time it is, man. It's your girl, POC. Turn your radios up, spread the word, spread the message. You already know how we come in each and every time we go live. We got a jam-packed show, man. I appreciate everyone who's been listening to us thus far. Starting at 10 a.m. every Friday. I need you to tell a friend to tell a friend, man. Eco word. We are locked and loaded, and we want you to be a part of the conversation. 215-634-8065. Toll free, 1-866-361-0900. Again, today is January 19th. It's about 29 degrees outside. It is still snowing, but it's supposed to slow down around the one, two o'clock hour. And it is going to be partly cloudy till about 6 p.m. today. But I want to get into it with our show, our last half of our show. Um, I have an amazing guest. I actually just met this guy on Wednesday at the Rotunda um, as we're fighting for, you know, the city of Philadelphia, as we're fighting for people. You know, we I, I came in contact with him. We got in good conversation. And he's like, gentrification is real. And, you know, they're displacing our people and we need to talk about it. And I'm like, I like you, Andrew. I like you a lot. So let's make sure we get you on WRD so the people know exactly what you're doing. I want to introduce Andrew to the show. He's an author, but he's also an advocate for displacement and also gentrification when it comes down to exploring the ideas of environmental justice of displacement. This is what we're going to be talking about today in the last half of our show on EcoWord. Good morning, Andrew. Thank you for coming through on WRD. How are you feeling this morning? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No doubt, man. Go ahead and introduce yourself really quickly so we can get into today's conversation. Yeah, my name is Andrew Lee. Um, I'm a big supporter of what Keisha and Essence have been doing with Decolonized Philly. I'm also a member of NACUS, the No Arena in Chinatown Solidarity. And I have a book on gentrification available for pre-order from AK Press. It's called Defying Displacement. No doubt. And, you know, Andrew, we were talking about how displacement and envir- environmental justice go hand in hand. And I would like to, you know, get a little bit of insight on that from you. Yeah, so, you know... I know you were just talking about like beautification, increased amenities in in these disinvested communities uh, that get targeted for gentrification. And I think sometimes people talk about gentrification as if it is only a neighborhood getting more investment, a yeah. neighborhood getting, uh, you know, beautification, better services. Of course, everyone wants that. So if, if that's your perspective, you can ask, as some people do, oh, is gentrification, does it have good aspects? Can you have gentrification without displacement? And I don't think that's right at all. Because like when affluent suburban white communities of homeowners improve their streets, that's not gentrification. Gentrification requires displacement. That's what makes it gentrification. Sometimes people can stay in their neighborhood for a while as prices increase by renting out a room or moving in with family or friends, but there always is displacement. It's the intentional displacement of urban communities. It's actually happening in cities all around the world, not just in the U.S., but in the U.S., we see it emerge really in earnest with deindustrialization, and it's the intentional targeting of black, brown, and immigrant urban neighborhoods for capital investment and population transfer. So Mm. all of this is deeply connected with environmental racism and the struggle for environmental justice, because this is about land. This is about who has decision-making power. This is about who has access to resources and self-determination. And it's about the frameworks we're using to look at land, our communities, and the earth. Are we looking at them as resources for profit extraction and exploitation? Or are we looking at them as complex systems we're stewarding uh, for those to come? 
Knocked out. And Andrew, that makes me want to go into the conversation about this arena, right? You're doing the work, you're getting people to sign up for the petition. But when it comes down to the environmental justice side of all and how this displacement is affecting them, just particularly in Chinatown and Philadelphia, um, talk to us a little bit about the, the work that you've been doing and how that has affected the city. Well, the city and also Chinatown. Yeah, so um, NACUS is part of a broad coalition fighting to stop 76 Place from getting constructed right next to Chinatown because we know that that would price out the entire neighborhood. It's what they did in D.C. with the Capital One Arena. They put it right next to their Chinatown. In six years, 90% of the residents got priced out. So this isn't mm-hmm. theoretical. We know exactly what would happen. And that was a good example. That was a great example, actually, Andrew. Yeah, they're, they're, they're acting as if no one could know what happened. We know exactly what could happen. Go to D.C., look at it for yourself. They got the arch. They don't have any people. I got the uh, arts with no many people. <laughs> so, that was a good one. <laughs> so I, I mean, I mean, I, I guess if you love the Chinatown arch, but you hate the people who live next to it, um, yeah, you should probably support Seventy Six Place. Um, <laughs> but something we see both in the the proposed arena and in the fight around the people's townhomes is something that's happening across the country. It's the greenwashing of gentrification. It's framing these gentrification projects as good for the environment. One of the like hot topics for politicians and urban planners and folks like that is what what they call transit-oriented developments. Um, There's actually a 2004 state law in Pennsylvania that prioritizes funding for transit-oriented developments. So the idea is, you know, most U.S. cities are built around cars. It's way easier to get around if you have access to a car. It's they aren't optimized for public transportation takes forever to get anywhere on the bus so the idea is we build these dense neighborhoods developments around train stations around uh big bus stations Mm -hmm. Uh, we have these dense uh housing uh mixed income housing with like shopping and amenities right around uh public transportation so it's easy to get around without a car and this is going to be great for the environment um this all sounds wonderful uh, transit-oriented development was one of the major recommendations of the Philadelphia City Planning Commission's Philadelphia 2035 Blueprint, which was a master plan for the, the next quarter century of development we're in right now. They released it in 2011, and two of the sites they target for this transit-oriented developments are Market East, mm-hmm. where today 13 leaders were fighting to defend Chinatown, and 40th and Market, where today, mm-hmm. 13 years later, there's a fight to save the people's townhomes. Yeah, um, And both of these developments are marketed as being good for the environment. You know, we're, we're pushing University City West. We're increasing yeah. density there. We're clearing out um, for new development. It's going to bring investment, bring new residents. Same thing in uh, Chinatown. It's going to bring it? greener spaces. It's going to yes. bring, you know... Uh, it's going to close more vacant lots. I definitely hear that that trendy conversation a lot. And Andrew, I want to ask you this question, particularly, you know, when it comes down to displacement, right? Um, and and what environmental justice concerns actually have the intersections when you come down to the process of gentrification? Like, wh- where does it intersect, if you don't yeah. mind explaining that? In your own opinion. I know it's an opinion. Yeah. So I think... The thing you have to look at when you're seeing these greenwashing developments, where what they're essentially doing is telling uh, disinvested communities of color the best thing for the planet is for you to get priced out of your home, right? That's Mm -hmm. what they are saying between the lines. But when you have – when people get priced out, the jobs don't follow them, right? The best jobs are going to be in those reinvested neighborhoods they got priced out of. 
The folks who are getting priced out aren't close to public transit. They don't get to live there. So folks are getting priced out to the edges of cities, uh, suburbs, ring cities, and commuting back by car to get to work. Mm-hmm. I used to live in San Jose in the so-called Silicon Valley. I worked in a cafeteria as a dishwasher. I had a coworker who drove two hours each way from Sacramento to get wow. to work. Two hours there, two hours back. I had coworkers who drove two hours from the Central Valley in California. Carbon um, emissions. That's the what whole happens. Time. You can actually look at the numbers. The carbon emissions of metropolitan areas can actually go up because of these eco-friendly transit-oriented development projects, because of who gets to live in them and the much greater number of people who get priced out. Mm-hmm. And my last question before before we end today's show, Andrew, and I appreciate you, you know, again, you're listening to Andrew Lee, who's an advocate and also an author. You know, he's really passionate about the work. And, and he I, would you say you're a part of the Gen Z or you're a part of the millennial generation? A millennial. A millennial. You know, and when we come down to millennials, I'm a millennial myself, Andrew. When it comes down to the millennials, we're very passionate about the work that we're doing. So I want to make sure that people know a little bit more about what you have going on and also how they can sign that petition to stop 76 place going up. Um, but I want to ask you this last question before we end today's show. You know, when it comes down to the education side of it all, this is one thing I want to make sure because we don't want to just be up here talking. We want to make sure we're educating people and how people can educate themselves. So what role can community um, play when it comes down to working with more community activists and community advocates like yourself to understand how displacement affects us in our environment. I think I think the the, the best way to to really educate ourselves about these issues is to get involved in these community fights. Hmm. Um, like I I was educated about that Philadelphia twenty thirty five plan by by uh, Mr. Arlene Foreman from the UC townhomes when we did okay. it together. Right. So like there there is so much community knowledge because folks have been resisting these these kinds of predatory developments um, for so many years. Um, So I would really encourage people um, to, first of all, to get plugged into those. I mean, there's been a lot of really good um, articles about the townhomes and about Chinatown because we've been really pushing that Mm -hmm. and forcing those conversations. Um, And if you want my perspective, um, you can pre-order my book, Defying Displacement from akpress.org. Um, but I think, you know, there there is really a wealth of information. So when these universities, corporations, politicians are saying, oh, you know, we just didn't know who could who, how could we have known? David Adelman, the developer of 76 Place, has said we will not displace one single resident from Chinatown. We know yeah, that's, that's a lie. A lie. We, we know, know that's, that's a lie. lie. <laughs> and he's going to act all surprised in 10 years. But the information is out there. And that's what uh, I was just going to ask you too, Andrew. So when it comes down to this 2035 plan, is this something that's Googleable? Like people can just go on Google and look it up. Like how can people uh, find that 2035 plan? Yeah, um, I have, I, I think you can Google it. Um, the, I, my, my, my interview um, about the use of townhomes is on the ARD.com, the hyphen ARD.com. Okay. So it's it's also linked in there. Okay, so now Andrew will be a perfect time for you to tell people how they can stay locked. And if they want to find more information, how can they find more information before I let you go? And I thank you again for joining us. And we definitely have to have a part two of this conversation because I feel like it's more that we need to get into. I feel like this is a lengthy conversation specifically for residents in Philadelphia and also, I mean, West Philadelphia and also in the Chinatown section. So I definitely want to make sure we have this second part, have a second part conversation. But Andrew, tell people how they can find you and stay locked with everything. Thank you again. Thank you. Um, X Andrew Lee X on Instagram and TikTok. Um, also, just want to plug Decolonize Philly, Knockus Philly, and ACS Philly, um, Spock Philly, uh, Save UC Townhomes, and all the other folks doing work. If you want to get the book, it's on akpress.org. Comes out on February 6th, and I'm going to have a book release event at Making Worlds on February 9th. 
No doubt, man. Andrew Lee, an advocate in the city of Philadelphia, making sure they're putting back that news and information that's for you and about you. Andrew, thank you so much. And I hope you have a, a snowy but a great Friday at the same time. <laughs> you as well. Thank you so much. No doubt. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 